Good morning, everyone. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. <laughs> I wondered what I'd be speaking on today, and I, I always pray about it, and then I thought, well, here's an idea, and it developed, <laughs> and developed more and more. Um, the uh, title that I put on this is How to Recognize God's Blessings. I guess I was getting that kind of in two ways. Uh, how do we know when God is blessing us? And, and, and once we've received a blessing, how do we respond back to the Heavenly Father? That kind of recognition both ways. We recognize that God is dealing with us, but also going the other way, do we remember to give thanks and to recognize the Heavenly Father as the, um, the whole resources for this idea? And then I started thinking about this little passage in, uh, oops, I think I got my page turned to the wrong one here at the moment. I always keep this little tab in here because I use this page often. It's in Numbers chapter 6. I'm going to start with verse 22, which is a little higher up the page than what we normally say, but It'll uh, help us bring us to the thoughts that are a little bit further down. So verse 22, it's Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying on this wise, Ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. I'm going to come back and talk about this a little more in a moment. But um, the Lord talked to Moses. Moses was supposed to talk to Aaron, the high priest, and to his sons and say, say these words to him. And this is how you're going to talk to the children of Israel. Uh, the children of Israel in the Old Testament was the church. And that's what we are here in the New Testament because we're grafted in to the old tree, as you might say, of the family vine, the family lineage, were grafted in. So verse 24, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. Simple statement to say, but it's a, it's a way of putting a blessing on somebody else. And yet you're honoring the heavenly father at the same time. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. They shall, that's, that's the uh, Aaron and his family line, his children, the priesthood. They, they should put the name of God on the people. Remember to put God first in their lives and to comment to the children. Call them the children of God. And they better behave like the children of God. You know, that, that sort of idea. Then it says upon the children, and I will bless them. A connection, like a prayer for these people. I will bless them because you've done these steps. It's like when you anoint with oil. Um, it's just a common prayer. In fact, that's what it's called in the New Testament. Just a common guy said a common prayer and he stopped the rain for three and a half years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, God says he'll honor our prayers too, the same way. Common folks saying common prayers to the Heavenly Father. And I will bless them. He does hear those prayers and he will bless. He'll 
handle the circumstances for us, and these people will be blessed. So we're looking for a number of things. The protective care of the Heavenly Father. It's interesting to see that all through the Bible, I, I love those little booklets that are just chapter, just verses out of the Bible only, but they're promises of God. And you turn there to a title, page by page, and you can read only scriptures there, but they're collected together in a, in a group. And uh, they're nicely bound, kind of a leatherette little booklet, and uh, the topics are all Bible. Nobody's interpretation, nobody's extra words, just Bible. So we can use those to see God's protective care would be one thing to look up. Protection of the Heavenly Father. Here it says in, uh, in verse 24 that we were just reading, the Lord bless thee. That's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the Heavenly Father. That's the Jehovah will bless you. And keep thee. That's a, a, such a strong blessing that you can go too fast over it. Do we really think of that, that? That he is going to do that. He will do it. He has to do it because he said so. He will do it. I will bless them. And I will keep them. So we can trust in that. We can understand that. The generation that we're living in really... Last night just really took me in a turn in my studies. This generation that we're living in. Has that been mentioned before in the Bible? Oh, yeah. So I started looking them up and should read a verse or two of those. But the generation that we're in, what a mess it is. Where did it come from? Well, I can go back in my school days, and it was bad enough back then, to be taunted by your schoolmates to be challenged and pushed and shoved and ridiculed. And even when I was in grade three, because I came from a farm country, uh, province of Canada, because I came from the farm area, the teacher stood in front and she'd say, dummy, can you answer this question? How did that make me feel? I thought for a long time I had very poor uh, abilities to hang on to what was around me, I guess, education and, and knowledge. And then I found out, no, that's not true. My mind actually was very good. God gave me real good vision on right and wrong and left and right. Many of you know that. I'm, if you go around straightening pictures, you'll understand who this is up here. <laughs> it's something special that God gave me. And I know God can do it for anybody and everybody because I run into a lot of people that straighten pictures. <laughs> you know, last night we used a level on that. Uh, not last night, uh, Wednesday night. We used a little level to make sure the picture was level. Um, I was special because God did something for me. And as I went through life, when I was 10 years old, I was baptized to join the family of God, joined the faith, and then you think, you know, I'm a child of God. I'm not a dummy and a throwaway. I'm a child of God. And I'm an inheritance, or a person that will inherit, from the Heavenly Father. I'm a somebody. I'm going to have eternal life one day. I'm a somebody. I'm a child of the King. All of a sudden, your standard for your own self comes up a little higher, doesn't it? 
We're not supposed to be proud as such, you know, but, but uh, do you remember Paul giving his resume? Yeah. He could be proud of who he was, where he came from, what country he was from, what kind of people he was from. That wasn't wrong. That was just plain truth. That was history. It was plain truth. So yeah, we can look at our generation and was it worse back then when I felt downed, betrayed by friends, ridiculed because of the Sabbath, ridiculed because we were poorer people of the community? Uh, I didn't know we were poor. I thought that's how everybody lived. <laughs> if you ran barefoot and could run on the gravel roads with your bare feet, that was just normal. I didn't know that. You're supposed to own shoes for every day. <laughs> and when we were keeping Sabbath, it was my job Friday to polish the shoes <laughs> of the whole household. <laughs> Preparation day. Um, people were reckless then, and it just got worse. I began to see when I was working in marine electronics and there was a boat tied up to the government wharf and there was people living on there that were all men and all women just as one mess, I guess you would say. You didn't know what was right and what was wrong and they were all doing it. Terrible situation. And they sure did stink too. I guess it was all the drugs. Stink, oh, I tell you. Yeah, what an awful generation it was. They were reckless with their health and things. They did things that were dangerous. Didn't understand how dangerous they were living in, what dangers they were living in. They were lawless. They didn't want to abide by anybody else's rules. So that made them lawless. But let's look at a couple. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. And I'm wanting verse 5, and then verse 11, but verse 5. So Genesis 6, verse 5. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continuously. We're getting there in our generation, right? We're pretty close. Yeah, like in the days of Noah, Jesus said, right? How about verse 11 here? The earth also was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with violence. Violence today? Oh, yeah. A lot of violence. It's more prevalent to get angry at somebody and do something violent than it is to do something good. It used to be a say, saying that uh, you could give a certificate or whatever to somebody that they were caught doing good. You know? <laughs> give them a certificate because they were caught doing good. But it got rarer and rarer until the certificates didn't happen anymore because the violence was more in people's lives. Misbehaving, trickery, stealing, violence of all types is what that generation was and ours too. So let's look at Matthew 24. See if Jesus said something here. Matthew 24. And I'm looking for verse 37. 
37 and 38. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Lord, coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of that, in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day of Noah entered into the ark. That wasn't stated that way in Genesis. This is just a truism. People re- thought nothing of God, nothing of what was going on. In they didn't care whether it was good or bad. They were just doing their own thing. So they were doing all the common things. As they could do all the kinds of eating that you wanted. There was lots of food and lots of this and that and family, uh, family, but meals with whoever, you know, eating with friends and, and drinking. You know, this wasn't just water. They had grapes. They had other things that they... They were deliberately doing this. It's a wildlife. Marrying, marrying not just that family members married somebody else and you had this marriage and then that marriage and that marriage. This I hear, I get in my mind, this is like multiple marriages. Or if one didn't please you very well, just get rid of that one and grab another one, you know. Marrying. And giving in marriage, like it was a common thing to just go on and on, just like that kind of life. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark. This is to warn us. Don't be part of that world that's doing their own thing and lots of it. Wildness, meanness, hateful stuff. Um, just bad about everything. Until the door closes. God closed the door. I don't think Noah could have done it. When people are running up to the door and knocking on the door, probably hollering, let us in. After the fact, they realize all those animals came walking through town and went right into that ark, and Noah's in there. There must be some kind of safety in there. But the door was shut. It was too late. Do we have any stories in Matthew and Mark, Luke, about the five virgins, and they came afterwards and knocked on the door, let me in? Five foolish and five wise. We need to be those wise ones. We know ahead of time that we're going to be there. We want to be there. We get ourselves ready to be there. Not be doing these things that distract us from serving God. But be ready to enter in. To be with Jesus. To be in that supper. Because what sounds came from the other side of the door? Depart from me, I never knew you. Okay, so we live in this horrible kind of generation and it's going to be just the same thing. I I wanted also to add in here Luke because sometimes it's good to have kind of a double reference on things. What did Luke have to say about uh, this idea? Luke 17, Luke 17 verse 26 and 27. Luke 17, and then 26 and 27. And as it was in the days of Noe, Noah, Noe, that's a little bit of translation from Greek to English, a little bit of difficulty of Hebrew uh, way of wording it, 
or pronouncing it into the Greek way of pronouncing it. But it's the same person, it's Noah. For as, or and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat and did drink. They married wives and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Didn't say some survived. Some were fast enough to climb the highest hill. If you read that story, the water was higher than that. Nobody could escape, period. Okay. Um, if we look at Timothy, Second Timothy, I'm thinking this is probably between 30 and 60 years after Jesus was here. So if you wanted to say uh, uh, 60 AD, give or take a little, uh, in 2 Timothy. So go with me to 2 Timothy. Now what type of thing was in Timothy's day? Because maybe it wasn't as bad as, uh, Jesus' day maybe wasn't as bad as Noah's day, but it's going to be like when Jesus returns. Well here, what was it like in Timothy's time? 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I want to read verse uh, 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. It's going to be after this number of years. It's going to be after that sometime. Perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unholy, uh, unthankful first and then unholy. Uh, this disobedience to parents it's got a number of things tagged with it, but do you remember in the Old Testament that if a parent said to the to the council of the city that their son would not obey them? Oh boy. Probably the girl's the same way. Okay? If the son would not obey the parents, they could be stoned. It was a serious crime to disobey your parents. That's, that's what the people are going to act like. They're going to dis, disobey. Verse 3. Without natural affection. Have you got any of that? <laughs> A whole lot of it. Uh, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinence, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. They're attending some worship somewhere but they have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. In other words, they don't want any rules. We're in for free. You know, you play those games and you get a ticket, get in free, you know, or get out of jail free. <laughs> you know, yeah, they think they got a ticket. They don't have to do anything. They deny that God has power to punish them or that God is in charge. God has rules. They want to do away with that. Then verse 13 here will help us. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Wow, goodness, okay. Let's go to chapter 4. Um, yes, chapter 4 is on the same page here. And verse 3 and 4. 
For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They might go to church, but they don't want doctrine. Don't use that word. I'll get in for free. I don't have to do anything. They will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, they have that in the Old Testament too, didn't they? Whatever came in their mind, they, they decided they were going to do their own thing. They served God and served him in their own way. That's not the way it's supposed to be. After their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. It's the guys asking for the teachers that want their ears tickled. That's the way that sentence is made. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Oh, don't tell me truth. Don't give me logic and reasoning and understanding. Don't, don't, don't go there. Just give me a couple of basic things to do and, and then I'm on my own. Didn't the Bible talk about you start with the milk and there is more? Yes. They don't want the milk. They don't want any controls. And definitely no meat. Don't teach me that. Don't go that deep. Don't, don't bother me. Because they don't want the truth. And shall be turned unto fables. It's easier to have a sweet little story, nothing to do, just little stories, and uh, no truth to it, just fables. Okay, I want to go down on this idea a little further. In uh, Malachi chapter 3, Malachi and chapter 3. And I want verse 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. The sons of Jacob were supposed to be the good guys. Children of Israel, right? The house of Judah, so on, these, these people. Um, Hey, I'm in. I got it made. I got a family line. And he says, you know what? I don't change. I got those rules back then that I expected the people to live by, and I don't change. I still have a set of rules. And it talks about statutes and judgments and standards and judgments. and Okay? Yeah, they don't want to hear any of that. Okay? What's in... Uh, Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. And I want verse 26. And said, if. This word if is in a number of places throughout the Bible that starts off an idea, a concept. It's like a computer program. If you do this, you have these two choices or whatever over here. But if you do this, this will be the result. You can write in then. If, then. And that's what's going to happen here. If thou wilt diligently hark unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, his sight, not ours, 
and will give an ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. That's kind of all the if. Now what's going to happen? I will put, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I uh, have brought upon the Egyptians. I am the Lord that healeth thee. There's another, there's other verses that would follow this. I've got them written in, but there's enough here. If you keep God's commandments and his statutes and his judgments and so on, the other things, whatever is said in, in the scriptures, if you're going to do those, I will put, God will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians. Then we're serving the right God. If we want to stay out of trouble, we want his good blessings. And if we want his good health, want to be healed, whatever he's doing for us, uh, he's the same. I am the Lord that healeth thee. He's the one that can take care of us. It's not going to be the government or the shots in the arm or the pills or whatever. It's going to be the Heavenly Father that's going to take care of us. We can have that protection. It's right there. I am the Lord. The capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that one. The Heavenly Father, the Yahweh, the Jehovah. The other countries used to say, well, what's the name of your God? And they'd give some name. And we were told not even to hear nor, nor learn about what they used to do. How they serve that God. Don't, don't learn that stuff. It's like when I was studying for the amateur radio license and they said, well, you just look through the answer book and it says, you read the question and it says C is the right answer. He said, read C and highlight C. Don't read the wrong answers. Oh, you don't need to know the wrong answers. Good. <laughs> That's the same here, right? We don't need to know those other gods. or know their names. We don't have to pronounce their names. We don't have to learn how they serve those gods. We just know they're bad. And one touch of going around that, you say, no, I don't want that anymore. I've heard all I want. Evil, wicked things. Really. They used to kill children and bury them in the wall of their house as a blessing for their house. That's enough. I don't want to know any more about their religion. Okay. Then I want to go to, um, uh, let's see. Okay, I want to go to Hebrews. Well, while I'm here at, near Leviticus and we're talking about God, let's go to Leviticus 26. It's just a few pages away here. Leviticus 26. And verse 3. 26, verse 3. I did have a paper in here. I knew that. And verse 3. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, what's going to be your blessings? Well, we need to read further down. We need to find out what else is going on. So chapter 3, I mean verse 3. It's chapter 26, verse 3. If is the first word. So like that computer program, we're going to make a, a decision now. If. But chapter, uh, verse, verse 4 of that same chapter. Verse 4, the first word is then. If you do this, then this is going to be the result. Then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And it goes on and on. You're, 
your threshing is going to be blessed. You're, it's going to reach all the way to the time when you should be harvesting the grapes. And the grape season is going on until it's time to sow in the spring. And, and you're going to have plenty to eat. Your bread's going to be to the full. You'll be able to um, dwell in the land safely. Are we safe in our home? You know, I'm not so sure. And I peek out the window at 2.30 in the morning and there's people going up and down the streets. Sometimes a lot of noise. Oh boy, are we safe? In fact, a neighbor across the road is afraid there's going to be gunshots around and somebody's going to get hurt. Even while you're in your home. We, we dwell safely only because of God's protection. And if we will do God's Sabbaths, in verse 2, keep my Sabbaths, and reverence my sanctuary, saith the Lord, if ye walk in my statutes and my commandments. We need to find out what they are. What does God expect of us? The logic is there that even if you borrow the neighbor's lawnmower and it breaks while you got it, who's responsible? you got to fix it before you take it back? Right. If a man comes over and he says, I'll mow it for you, you don't have to pay. If you rent it from the neighbor, you don't have to pay. There's enough logic in here to transfer the ideas from these old words to the logic of our present day. God is good. Okay, let's keep going. We'll dwell safely. And I will keep peace in the land. And ye shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. And I will rid evil beasts out of your land. Neither shall the sword come through, go through your land. You know what they used to do every time there was a harvest coming up? That's when everybody went to war. Because you could enter that other country, overwhelm them, and then you get all their food, all their harvest. You could feed your army while you go on, doing more damage. And God says, no, that's not going to happen. The sword won't go through your land. And you shall chase your enemies, and they'll fall before you. And five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred shall chase, uh, put to flight 10,000. You read through these. These are blessings. You'll be fruitful, and you'll multiply, and you'll establish God's covenant. And you shall eat the old store. Isn't that a shame? You've got so much stored up that you come into this problem here in verse 10 where you've got all this old stock. You've got to use it up first, but... But the new stuff is coming and you're trying to can it too. But what, what do you eat first? Do you eat the current stuff? Or the, that's a blessing from God. <laughs> you were overwhelmed. Your cup was full. <laughs> and he had said, then you'll come to the tabernacle. Your soul shall not abhor you. Um, in verse 12, I will walk among you. Isn't that amazing that God would want to be around us and in us and in our camps and in our travels and in our lives that he wants to be with us. And I will be your God and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt. And some people want to say, oh, see, we didn't come out of Egypt. Boy, we were. We were in this mess. And Paul said to some of them, and you were someone like these. You were this. But God has saved you out of that mess. Okay, and then in verse 14, it starts again with another if, but it goes the wrong way. If they will not obey his commandments and despise his statutes and his judgments. And you get another 
chapter, of all the, the rest of the chapter at least, of all the things that are going to go against you, how bad it's going to be for you because you didn't want to serve God. Well, he's left you alone. Some people say he's a gentleman. You tell him, get out of here. I don't want you. He'll stay away. And then you're on your own. And he sort of says, don't come crying to me when it, <laughs> it doesn't work. You know? Okay, he gave you the choice. And Deuteronomy 28 repeats this. Same material right here is repeated in Deuteronomy 28. So it's, it's a blessing to know these things that we should have. And, uh, you know, chapter 28, Deuteronomy 28, you'd have 1 through 13. Um, and on from there is the bad stuff if you won't serve him. So let's go back to these other thoughts a little bit here. God is our protection. God promises a blessing if we'll walk in his statute and his commandments and his protective care will be there for us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus has said of the, the same thing of Jesus in uh, Hebrews 13, verse 8. We may have had that a little earlier this morning. Um, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have a couple of other thoughts here kind of quickly in that original verse that I read. The Lord will make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. In Numbers chapter 6, 25, the Lord's favor and love will always be extended to those that love him and want him. They're always going to be extended to you. You don't have to worry about him changing, quitting on you. No, his favor is going to be on you. God loves his children. That's people that want to belong to him and are adopted into the family. Uh, there's a fatherly love. He's gracious and kind and understanding to those that are his children, that he that want to be his children too, and select the idea of being his child. We become his children when we, here we go, when we confess our sins. Right. You confess your sins, trust in him for forgiveness, for cleansing, and cleansing us from unrighteousness. I always like First John. It's the test book. If you wonder if you're in there, if you're uh, doing right, and if you're making it, and if you're going to, going to get somewhere with God, you can just go to First uh, John. Whoops, I turned two pages there at one time. You can go to uh, the chap, the, the, the little John, First, Second, Third Johns. But First John chapter one verse nine. If oh, I already talked about that idea, didn't I? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's His way. He is righteous. He will do it. If you make that choice and call on God for it, God is peaceful. And uh, encouraging, he, he gives us uh, self-esteem, he gives us respect, he gives us admiration, and we can use that to pass on to others as well. That's why in Numbers chapter 6, 26, it said, the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. He's going to relax us, comfort us, care for us. The blessings, 
that we read about in Leviticus chapter 26. It says there too, the blessings of peace and uh, is given to the children of Israel when they obey God. That's what we found in that Leviticus 26. The uh, blessing of peace will be bestowed upon those who keep their minds stayed on the Lord. That's in Isaiah 26. I'll just read that straight from the scriptures. Isaiah Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah was used a lot by the disciples and by Jesus. So we really need to know Isaiah fairly well. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 and 4. I will keep him in perfect peace. Really? Yeah, I'd like that, wouldn't you? This is God talking to us. Uh, or the prophet talking to God for us. Thou, Heavenly Father, will keep him, anybody, in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Put your trust in the Heavenly Father and in his blessings throughout the whole Bible and you just have that trust in you. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. We know exactly which God we're talking about as well there. We need to be doing that, putting our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and through the Heavenly Father, or to the Heavenly Father through Jesus. Our world's a mess. We are living in really rough times. And it might get worse. But you know, the Lord Jesus' return is coming very soon, very soon. When it gets this nasty and this strange, we know he's returning soon. We, we should be thanking God for his blessings and his peacefulness that he can give us. There's lots of verses about that. Even in the middle of the storm, we can you know, trust in God. In the middle of the wars, troubles that will come even to our doors and not come in, we can trust in the Heavenly Father. So how do you and I recognize God's blessings? We can go back to that one I read. Trusting the Lord. That's in Numbers 6, 24, 25, and 26. For the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance and give thee peace. God bless you.